You're listening to Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson, a presentation of WVIK Quad Cities NPR. the Heartland Politics Show and Podcast, which is aired on and distributed by WVIK Quad Cities NPR. WVIK is the flagship public radio station in the Quad Cities region of Northwestern Illinois and Eastern Iowa. I'm your host, Robin Johnson, and on today's show, we're finally going to get back and do our year-end review uh, of 2023 in Illinois and then look ahead to some of the key uh, stories uh, for the coming year. Um, we've done this with the Iowa side several weeks ago, but in the last couple of weeks, of course, we've devoted our attention to the Iowa caucuses, uh, interviewed several candidates and analyzed the results. It's not too late. We're still in January. So we're going to get back to Illinois now. And um, I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome my my guest today, who's, who's taken some time and is going to look back at the top headlines of 2023 and then look ahead to what the top stories are going to be in 2024, looking at his crystal ball. He's Jerry Nowicki. He's the editor-in-chief with Capital News Illinois. Jerry grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and worked at several downstate newspapers previously, so he's very uh, aware and has a lot of experience in the kind of the Byzantine world of Illinois politics and government. Jerry, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Robin. And thanks again for doing a little research on these top stories. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Uh, just what start talking about the, the big stories in Illinois in 2023 as we look back to that year. Yeah, I think there were a few of them, certainly. Um, you know, this state finances are in good shape. I think we'll get to that later. But um, for for really the one thing that a lot of people might associate with Illinois, sadly, is we once again saw some major um, public corruption trials, which essentially foreshadow what we're going to be seeing in 2024. So uh, they involve speak, uh, former longtime House Speaker Michael Madigan. He was Speaker, oh, all but a couple years since between 1983 and 2021 before his own caucus sort of booted him from the position. And then months later, he was indicted on public corruption counts. So his trial is going to be in October, which coincidentally I had as a top five story looking ahead for 2024. But in 2023, we saw um, probably his closest confidant, Michael McLean, and three other uh, representatives or or contract lobbyists or former executives um, between them from Commonwealth Edison, our electric utility here in the Chicagoland area. They all faced their own uh, trial, um, basically for engaging in this years-long bribery scheme, uh, trying to influence and reward the speaker with jobs for his associates, um, all that type of thing. All four of them were found guilty on all counts uh, for uh, looking to bribe the speaker. And then the speaker's longtime chief of staff, Tim Mapes, was also found guilty on perjury and obstruction of justice charges last year. Um, he was the guy in the Illinois State House who for years was famous 
for limiting access to the speaker, protecting the speaker, doing whatever he had to do to protect Madigan. And uh, he famously had the sign on his desk that says, not nobody gets in to see the wizard, not nobody, not know how. So, uh, you know, he, he bit off a little bit more than he could chew, I think. And, and uh, now he's convicted of lying on behalf of Madigan. It's always sad that in Illinois, we, we seem to always have done this in previous years, and there's always a public corruption case that's on one or both of the lists. Right. So um, going down from there, I think one of the storylines that I think it was August 2022 when um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said he'd begin busing and flying migrants from that state's uh, southern border to sanctuary states, uh, so-called sanctuary states like Illinois. So last year, particularly towards the end of the year, as it got cold, there was this, uh, there's been 34,000 now um, uh, migrant individuals sent from the southern border of Texas to Illinois. There's, there's probably more than that from other areas coming to the state as well, but um, we know that many at least um, and it's it's really it's straining the social safety net in Chicago. It's straining the state's resources. I think the Pritzker administration has calculated that it has um, spent somewhere along the lines of six hundred million dollars uh, uh, to house these uh, populations. Not necessarily house, but to provide you know medical care, to provide other things for these individuals. Um, and the governor's said, you know, Greg Abbott is not telling us when they're arriving. He's not giving us any heads up. These people are just arriving in buses, uh, especially, you know, we've seen some brutally cold weather here in Chicago, across Illinois, um, lots of snow, lots of ice. And it's, you know, the governor's calling it a humanitarian crisis. But um, when it comes down to it, there's poor federal um, response, I guess, coordination uh, there's not really a federal plan for these individuals, and it's gone to the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, um, to sort of work out how they're going to house these people. And they've not always been in agreement. I think Chicago wants more from the state. I think uh, the state wants a clearer plan from Chicago, and we're seeing this constantly bubble and simmer, and it's souring the relationship, certainly, between the mayor of Chicago and the governor. Yeah, it's. I was going to say it strains some relationships too within the Democratic Party, locally at the state and at the federal levels. Yeah, for sure. I think you're seeing that in the General Assembly. It's hard to, you know, this. Um, no, it's another topic here, but Illinois is seeing a potential uh, budget surplus upwards of 1.4 billion dollars for the current year, which. We've been running surpluses a lot in recent years. There's been the you know COVID relief funds and a lot of things contributing to that. But long story short, we've seen sustained um, good fiscal news. But it's hard when you know a lot of your social services in Illinois are still underfunded. A lot of people, um, a lot of people living in Illinois their whole lives are still you know need access to certain state government services that aren't there. You know DCFS. For example, chronically underfunded, chronically short of places to put uh, people in need of state care. Um, and then you're now going to go back to the table to discuss the supplemental spending plan for people who are literally have spent maybe a few minutes, a few hours, a few days in Illinois. So, But again, it's a humanitarian crisis. So it's, it's a matter of drawing that line and sort of 
prioritizing where you're going to put those funds. Yeah, just uh, for our listeners, your your first story was the public corruption case of the Comed 4 and Tim Mapes. Second story was the influx of migrants. You just talked about the third story you had listed here, which was the state's uh, fairly good financial picture. Um, of course, with with the asterisk there, which I know we'll talk about a little bit later, Of uh, <laughs> you mentioned $600 million in costs uh, this year already for, for the migrants. So um, that's... You know, Jerry, you've been around, too. It's just hard to believe how the state's finances have turned around. And again, in fairness, you mentioned that some of this is COVID relief. But uh, I remember having guests on this show, not uh, doesn't seem that long ago, saying, how in the world are we going to get out of this mess? So I think it's been a little bit of luck, but a little bit of, um, you know, perhaps good you know, economic growth, but some good budgeting, I guess, that's kind of turned this thing around. Yeah, it's 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 a combination of both, right? Because it's good economic growth, and then there's been some fairly conservative plays by the Pritzker administration. He's been reluctant to sort of dedicate year over year um, new spending in certain areas. But that you know, it's kind of with the exception of the current year budget now, which passed in May, they did add a lot of new spending. I think there's the two hundred and fifty million dollar Smart Start plan, which is yielding results. We've added, I think, 5,800 new preschool seats to sort of, uh, you know, early childhood, uh, what the governor calls preschool deserts, where people just couldn't find that care now. There's 5,800 more available spots. So, I mean, that's a good thing, but that's a year-over-year expenditure now that's been added onto the budget. And there's you know, just constant, steady program growth at state agencies now that might be um, growing a little bit faster than the pace of 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 the revenues to pay for it. So you know, I, I I'm giving away another 2024 story here, but that's, that's okay. The, we'll the get state. to it. But so your your fourth one uh, was was interesting. I'd actually forgotten, but I know there's a lot of being plans plans made right now for the big convention this summer. Yeah, the uh, Democratic National Convention going to be hosted in Chicago this year, which I think is, uh, um, you know, Chicago has its history for Democratic conventions. I think, um, I don't remember which one, I think there was a Democratic nominating convention for Clinton. That was 96, uh, I think. 96. I think. And then uh, was it the, uh, of course, the 68? Yeah. It? 68 <laughs> convention had a, I'm trying to remember the year here uh just its own set of things and it's sort of um one of the things that's kind of crazy to me is is 1996 is equidistant from 68 as it is from 2024 so interesting uh, it's that sort of i don't know uh overlapping of history which is is interesting maybe that's the fact that the dnc thought of that but i think what they what Pritzker pitched to the DNC and what sold Illinois really is it's just this sort of bastion of strongly blue policies over the past four or five years uh, in, in that Midwestern sort of sea of, of purple or red, really. So um, I think the state's abortion policies have certainly led to get that here. Um, but I, I, I think uh, interestingly enough, today there was a pitch by a Democratic lawmaker, uh, Cam Buckner, who said um, maybe we should rethink that DNC convention if if the federal government cannot 
uh, come up with a plan for these migrants that are being bused here if they can't um, do something, you know, uh, to to make it at least seem appear that they're they've got this under control. I gotta believe there's some uh, fear trepidation. Uh, because I've read comparisons where the uh, you know uh, is these uncertain, unpredictable uh, political times we're in that this could turn into a sixty-eight with protests and uh, you know uh, you've got social media now where everybody's got cameras and of course that was taped of the police beating up protesters. I mean I hope that doesn't happen obviously, but there's got to be some concern about things getting out of hand and of course showcasing Chicago perhaps in an unflattering way. I think, you know, there's, there's been a lot of that type of discussion. Um, I, you know, I think the state is sort of parceling out or the uh, DNC is sort of parceling out its plans as a sort of an indicator that, Hey, you know, we're going to have this under control, but there is always going to be volatility um, for something like that. And I, I think, and part of it is, you know, I think Governor Greg Abbott, you know, this is certainly Governor Pritzker's um, supposition, but Abbott knows the DNC's scheduled to be in Chicago, and he's uh, maybe introducing this uh, level of volatility uh, specifically in this area uh, because he knows what it's going to look like in the optics of the thing. Okay, what's the fifth top issue from 2023? You know, it's it's one that's sort of it felt like it produced a story at least a couple every month, and that's the um, the ban on assault weapons in Illinois. They the the legislature, of course, defined a long list of guns as assault weapons. Um, guns that could have certain attachments built onto them are also filled in to this category of assault weapons, and. Uh, you can no longer sell them in Illinois. You can't purchase them in Illinois. Illinois residents can't own them unless they already own them and register them with the state. So the ban in and of itself was kind of a big thing. Um, but the, of course, rulemaking process that only has just now been finalized almost a year after the initial law passed, um, there's been several court challenges. One group vows to appeal their uh, adverse ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court to sort of um, hopefully in their eyes have the bill to have the law thrown out as a violation of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Um, and, you know, other than that, it's it's basically are people registering their assault weapons with the state? And I haven't looked at the numbers in a while, but there's there's not been a lot of people who have registered that. And then the second question is, how is it enforced? And the state police are saying essentially like, oh yeah, we'll enforce it, but it's up to local uh, state's attorneys to bring action. So it's looking like that's more of a add-on charge, you know, if you're, if you're, may be charged with something related uh weapons offense today the prosecutor might add that on as oh you know they're uh, they have this when they shouldn't but it doesn't look like something certainly that that anybody's interested in going to doors and saying oh you haven't registered we're taking it you're listening to heartland politics on wvik quad cities npr i'm your host robin johnson my guest today is jerry nowicki who's the editor of the um uh <laughs> Um, with Capital News Illinois. I'm sorry. Um, I've kind of lost myself there. Uh, I asked Jerry, uh, well, 
we've been going back and forth for several weeks uh, to put together his list of the top issues from 2023. And to look ahead, uh, we're already about a month into 2024 of the big issues coming up this year. Uh, we've looked at 23. Let's And some of those overlap a little bit, which I think is interesting. Uh, but go ahead and start off on your top five for 24 that uh, folks in Illinois should be looking uh, looking out for this year. Yeah, we touched a bit on the budget and producing surpluses in recent years. So I'll go ahead and start with the fact that the governor's office of management and budget um, for the fiscal year that will begin July 1, they're now anticipating uh, somewhere around an $891 million deficit. So uh, long story short, they had some a little bit of revenue luck this year that's producing a $1.4 billion surplus. There's a couple of wonky things that are only happening in the current year that are contributing to that surplus. But, uh, you know, there's there's could be not enough <clears throat> revenue to go around um, to pay for all the scheduled uh, increases that are due in the upcoming fiscal year, such as, you know, there's an added $350 million each year that the statute calls for for public education and other increases for Medicaid and other things. Um, and this basically this deficit now after, you know, there's a lot of a lot of lawmakers, a lot of agencies got what they wanted or at least partially what they wanted in recent years. But there's going to be this sort of reckoning um, this year, where a lot of people are going to be told no. And, you know, I think it's certainly for someone who's been doing this for five years, it is it is a bit of a rude awakening um, amid this sort of fiscal reprieve in Illinois terms. Like, and we're hearing for decades that money's coming up short. Now here we are where we're producing surpluses. So I, I think it'll be an interesting year to cover the budget. And it's directly tied to that migrant crisis as well, as you mentioned, six hundred million last year for that, uh, with the numbers increasing. Uh, I mean, that's two thirds of the deficit uh, they're looking at this year. So, uh, uh, what's th that? You know, we talked about the strains within it uh, between the president and the governor and the mayor of Chicago and the legislature, but it's also straining uh, African American and Hispanic legislators. Uh, it, 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 I believe I've read that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a challenge. Like like I'm just getting back into that what I previously stated, but just the sheer humanitarian crisis of the thing. Uh, these people, you know, some of them are arriving with sandals. Some of them have just the clothes on their back. So it's it's not like you can just let them live on the street in the cold. Um, there are CTA buses being used as quote unquote, warming buses, um, the library of the public library, the Harold Washington or the basement of the Harold Washington library. And now they're seeking churches. And it's it's sort of like the the homeless, the, the, the very approach to homelessness in Illinois, uh, probably in, in much of the U.S. has been people survive the winter because churches because community buildings allow them to sleep on the floor. Like it's not a great system to begin with. And now it's being strained with this unforeseen number of people um, arriving at unforeseen times. And it's just, um, it's hard for 
a lot of the people who in the state house arena, it's just a new variable um, that has some pretty grave consequences regarding whether or not you act. You had mentioned this one uh, before too, but uh, public corruption was was one of the top five issues of 2023, unfortunately, and unfortunately again, it's going to be in 2024. Right, uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan, uh, who we said a lot, you know, I told you a lot of his uh, friends have been indicted now. They're awaiting their sentencing, but um, Madigan was scheduled to go on trial in April, I believe, but. Um, back to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court is 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 taking up a case. Oh, I forget what um, it's it's sort of uh, pertaining to what type of it's per pertaining to public corruption in a related enough way to where the judge said, hey, you know, if the U.S. Supreme Court rules on this, it's going to affect how we try this case of Mr. Madigan in Illinois. So now it's scheduled for october so um here we are another full year where this madigan um uh, i don't even know how to describe it just just the force that is mike madigan is going to have regular updates for us in the news um for good or for bad but uh you know we'll be a good cap to the year if uh, we sort of know where we stand with where that case is at. Well, and you added a bonus of another uh, corruption trial uh, scheduled to start of a former candidate for governor. Oh, yes, yeah, Sam McCann. Um, I believe he's now scheduled to go on trial next month. I think he was maybe in November or something. He determined that he, the only man capable of representing Sam McCann was Sam McCann. So uh, he wants to represent himself and, you know, it'll be an interesting uh, thing to watch, especially because his uh, candidacy for governor came in such a unique way in that he and Governor Rauner hated each other. Uh, governor Rauner raised a lot of money to try to get him booted from the Senate. Um, and, you know, he decided to run for governor at the, as the quote unquote conservative party to challenge Rauner to maybe weaken him. Um, but the fact is now he is accused of using his campaign fund in some pretty, uh, I don't think the word is ingenious, but creative ways, uh, funneling himself money through various businesses, buying cars, buying gas, you know, long list of things. Uh, but we'll see how the uh, judge rules on that one. I was interested because I'll confess to not being aware of this, but you mentioned one other issue here, the fourth issue coming up this year um is is a chi early childhood agency i remember governor pritzker focused on this issue a lot when he first won election uh election in uh, 2018 which by the way was the year uh, mccann uh first ran mccann ran for governor but uh fill us in a little bit about what this agency is designed to do and is this going to be getting back to the budget is this going to be something that's going to cost a lot of money that the governor may have to uh, cut back on a little bit that's a great question. I think that's what where the devil is going to be in the details. I, you know, if it, you're probably got to find a new director of this type of thing, or maybe is it an assistant director at DCFS who eventually becomes the right person? Uh, you know, a lot of that's to be worked out. But I, I think it's just interesting anytime you're um, an agency is, you know, a big endeavor. It ends up you're you're 
you're going to have to spend a lot of money to get it up and running. Uh, but if you're maybe taking tasks out of DCFS or wherever else, um, it's an interesting sort of proposition. But basically, the governor has had a long focus on early childhood education. And I mentioned his smart start plan earlier that's designed to raise wages for healthcare workers, create more spots and, and other types of things. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, we'll see, I think the Pritzker views this as something that could be viewed as his legacy. Um, but we'll, we're going to have to see how the, the details work out on that. So the final issue this year goes right back to Governor Pritzker. He seems like he's going to be in the headlines. He'll be competing with Madigan this year, of course. But uh, this is more of a political uh, story. Yeah, I think, you know, I was sort of racking my brain to then look in the crystal ball here. And I think the DNC in Chicago, we're going to watch to see um, – where he speaks in the order, you know, President Obama famously launched his uh, uh, nationwide, um, uh, what's the word, or campaign or whatever, um, notability at, at that convention. Uh, was it 2004, John Kerry's convention? And, you know, is, 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 it's in his state. Is he going to be the keynote speaker? And following that, how much time is he going to spend on the road stumping for Biden? I think um, I think the president has a way of speaking in superlatives. But when he was in Illinois one time, he said, no man has done more for me to be elected president than J.B. Pritzker. Uh, seems like a wild claim, but uh, it, it speaks to the fact that Pritzker's pretty dedicated to boosting Democrats natural, nationally and boosting this president in his reelection bid, um, you know, particularly if uh, the uh, opponent is the old Pritzker nemesis, uh, Donald Trump. Jerry, I want to thank you for taking the time to research this. And, and we've got about a minute left. Tell us a little bit about more about Capital News Illinois. It's relatively new. It's been around, but it provides a very, very important service, especially with decline of community newspapers across the state. Right. So what we are is a news service. I think uh, we started as a feeder for newspapers, uh, about 400 of them. We send our stories to daily, but now we feed radio stations. We feed broadca other broadcast outlets. And um, essentially, we're a team of about eight now. We started as three and uh, we're a nonprofit, um, largely funded by the McCormick Foundation. And we're really just here looking to break down the sort of barriers of the standard news consumer to state government news. And that's either through our partner organizations or, you know, we're, we're investing some um, um, time into rebuilding a website now. So we're hopefully going to have a more user-friendly um, uh, website in the, in the coming year. So we got a lot of exciting things on the way, but um, essentially we're just trying to bring people the news. What's your website address for our listeners? CapitalNewsIllinois.com. And that's capital. Word. Yep, capital with an O. Okay. Well, I know I read a lot of the articles. They're lengthy, but that's a good thing. Because, again, in a lot of small towns in downstate Illinois, we don't have newspapers anymore. If we do, they're not every day. And we need 
independent sources of, of news like this to keep us informed. So uh, uh, I, I salute what you're doing and I'm really glad to have you on and hope to have you back at some point. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks again. Jerry Nowicki's been our guest today on Heartland Politics. Thank you very much. Listening to Heartland Politics with Robin Johnson, a presentation of WVIK Quad Cities NPR.